Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Today is World Cancer Day. And that's, of course, where we're talking about a lot of this. And Cancer Research Charity is warning that the death rate from the disease will undoubtedly rise in Ireland due to COVID-19. And not just in Ireland, worldwide. I remember research there recently in England, and they do more research on this in the UK and America than they do anywhere else. Uh, They suggested that for every six months of lockdown, they predicted 60,000 long-term deaths or shorter mortality due to cancer. In the United States, they predicted over the next 15 years that 900,000 people will die. And this is not just from cancer, from unrelated illnesses due to lockdowns and due to COVID-19 but unrelated to COVID-19, if you understand what I'm saying. Now, Breakthrough Cancer Research says it is an urgent response, so they need an urgent response to find new treatments similar to that seen in fighting the pandemic. And actually, I mentioned it a while ago, with the nearly $20 trillion we have spent on COVID-19, not including the 20 or 30 trillion that could be lost to economies around the world because of COVID-19. Can you imagine if we spent $20 trillion on cancer research, how many lives we could save? We need to focus and we need to get things into context. Anyway, cancer already takes one life every four or every hour of every day in Ireland. And statistically, that breakdown says, well undoubtedly increases recurring lockdowns mean delays in cancer screenings referrals and some treatments in addition to this the pandemic's impact on research has been significant with lab closures disruptions to clinical trials and difficulty accessing patient samples for tests etc all of which make treatment more difficult while increasing the cancer challenge now Patricia Larkin and her daughter Emer Tynan from Cork and they had bell cancer and melanoma respectively and Trish now has lung fibrosis as a consequence of the chemotherapy and is cocooning currently at the moment and she joins me on the air. Good afternoon to you Patricia. Good afternoon Neil, how are you? Good, now, I believe you had a bit of a sore throat, how are you feeling? I haven't, I've just had a honey and a lemon and a hot water. Okay. Not Prosecco, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe the Prosecco later on tonight when you're watching well, Netflix. You never know now. <laughs> you you never know. But once you're feeling okay, that's the main thing. That's isn't it? it. Okay, you're having a good day today. Lovely day, thank you. Good. Okay, but I mean, look, we've, we've talked about the impact of COVID-19. Now, apart from the fact that you're cocooning at the moment, obviously, because you would be in the high-risk category, how do you think COVID-19 is, is kind of impacting, I suppose, your treatment, uh, the way you're being looked after, and I suppose the long-term outcome for you as well? Um, well, cocooning, I think, is, is, is it's nothing new to cancer patients because for years and years, cancer patients have actually, you know, um, had to stay at home when they're going through the treatments. You know, they had to be very conscious about their health and hygiene. Yeah, if somebody is sneezing with the flu around you exactly, and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, and you have yeah. to stay in and just look after yourself to make sure that when you went for your next treatment that you were able to actually, you know, get that treatment. And mm. so... As I said, cancer patients, you know, cocooning is nothing new to them. And I think the rest of the world actually now is maybe getting a little glimpse as to what it is like for a cancer patient. And, you know, waiting all the time for that, you know, um, research breakthrough, you know, to give the the, um, maybe that clinical trial that will work for you to um, save your life or even give you a better quality of life. And when were you diagnosed, by the way, with um, bowel cancer? Uh, 2008, um, I had bowel cancer and um, had a few other complications along the way, but... And um, just I'm, I'm, I'm just curious now as well, and I'm sorry if the, any of the questions are personal, please don't ask them. No, but, not at all, you're but, fine. But, but when you were, before you were diagnosed, what made you think that something's up, I need to go and get this checked? What, I mean, what symptoms were you getting at the time? Well, the scary thing was I had um, stage three cancer and I had very little symptoms. Um, just about um, maybe 
seven or eight weeks before my surgery, I had um, some. I noticed some blood in my in my stool, okay. and I went to the GP. And then, of course, you know, I had to wait to be referred for you know colonoscopy and and whatever. And um, but I really thought nothing of it. I had no pains or aches. I had no severe symptoms at all. And that's what is so scary. Yeah, and and it's not something that we would always notice either, you know, because it's not something we we generally don't look in the toilet. And maybe it is important that we kind of get a little bit observational every now and again. It's not something that most people would do. So, and that is a, it is a telltale sign of cancer, of course. Um, it, it's one of the later telltale yeah. signs, unfortunately. Yeah. At that stage, I had quite a large tumour and, you know, it was becoming invasive within the bowel. And, and you never felt that in your, season. you never felt it in your body at all? You no, I felt not, I felt a little bit tired, but it was around Christmas and, you know, kind of coming up to Christmas, well, you're going to be that little of bit course, more yeah, exhausted bit fatigue, and you yeah. might be out a bit and everything, you know, and I think we, we put everything down to as, you know, maybe menopause or different things that you're thinking and I think we're great to put on the white coat and, you know, do Dr. Google yeah, ourselves, which is really dangerous. Okay, you know? so when you went into the doctor uh, and obviously felt, you know, look, there's something wrong here and he obviously asked you for a stool sample, I imagine, and uh, all that kind of stuff. When he told you that you had cancer and obviously at that stage, you, you know, it was well on the, the onset of cancer, what was that? that? That must have been a horrible feeling. And John spoke about it earlier on. He said about the way when he was diagnosed, it was the first day of his life. It was the first day of valuing life, I suppose. How did you feel that day when you were told? Um, I was um, actually, I wasn't told that I actually had cancer until I went into the Mercy Hospital in Cork and had a colonoscopy. That's when they actually found the tumour. Okay. And um, I, you know, really, I was thinking that, you know, I've gone through two days now of this clean prep for a colonoscopy. And all I was thinking about was getting out, getting home and maybe having a Chinese or something, never thinking that I was going to hear that little word cancer. And it's only a small word, but by God, it has a devastating effect on your life when somebody says that. I was shattered. And I was very sad. I was actually very sad. I had this huge sadness, you know, um, that mm. I can't explain. It was just um, yeah. uh, something, and it's terrifying because yeah. you really, really have no control anymore over what is going to happen to you. And it's a lonely place to be. It is. And when we think about it, when you read that, when I read out earlier on, that, that it takes a life every single hour, and that's only in Ireland, our little small country, roughly uh, 30% of people that die every day in this country die of cancer or cancer-related illnesses, I suppose, or, which would be the treatment of cancer too, apart from anything else, because the treatment can be quite invasive and quite difficult too. Uh, obviously, you went for chemotherapy. Um, I did. I had 30 weeks chemotherapy um, after my surgery, and I had it every every Monday and um, for 30 weeks and you know it was, it was actually it was it was shocking in the end actually I was really tired and it was tough it was very tough but you keep going to actually get over the line because I think you look at every session as you know kind of near the end an insurance policy that if I can just keep going and take the last bag of treatment I'm giving myself a better chance so you kind of get you know you have to keep fighting away yourself to actually mm-hmm. get there but, um, you know, it's amazing, though, today, people who would have similar cancers to my bowel cancer, the treatment has progressed so much only through research that they're not going through such a hard treatment. It's not as um, invasive on the body. It's not as debilitating. And they probably are only going into the hospital maybe every two weeks as opposed to having to go in every week. So that really is, is great news that research has come along 
you know, that far in, in yeah, just but a your, few years. But your concerns are, and the reason we want to talk to you, because it is World Cancer Day today, is the concerns for everybody involved in cancer research, uh, and I know we've spoken to many of them over the past six or seven months, is that the impact of COVID-19, that many people, and I did have a woman on the air, by the way, who was terminally ill, and she couldn't get treatment. Her treatments were being cancelled constantly all the time, and this has got to have a huge effect on mortality. Oh, absolutely, it really is. And, you know, I know things have, have slowed down, I suppose, with, you know, the hospitals now being so, so busy and everything, um, due, not due to any fault of theirs. But I would just say to people, you know, if you have any pain or ache or if you feel you have any reoccurrence or something is not right, don't be afraid to go to the GP. Um, I suppose, you know, you would say oh, people are probably thinking, oh, if I go to the GP, I'm going to end up being sent into the hospital for a scan. And God only knows where I'm going to end up. You have to go to the GP, especially in this climate, and actually, you know, um, have have tests done and don't miss any appointments. Because it's important to point out to people that cancer, obviously, is a lot more dangerous than COVID-19. We have to be clear about that. And, and I know a lot of people are very fearful of going to doctors or going to hospital in case they get the COVID. And that, that's the word, the word in your ear all the time. And they're telling us to stay away from hospitals and only if it's necessary... But if you feel something and you feel some sort of symptom that you may think may be related to something like that or you're worried about it, go and see about it because you could be saving your own life. Oh, absolutely, because we're kind of living in in a virtual climate at the moment and people are staying away from everything. But definitely do not ignore anything, any symptoms. Go to your GP and and have your tests done Mm. because cancer is... It's not, you know, waiting. It's not, it's not silent and it's not waiting. It's, it's there and it's progressing while you're waiting. And I think that... Yeah, the cancer doesn't go into have... lockdown, unfortunately, and it doesn't, it doesn't hang around for six months waiting no. for things to go away before you can treat it again. And, and unfortunately, the situation, and we've, I've listened to doctors in the UK on Sky News and stuff like that talk about uh, the amount of the long-term effects of, of lockdowns and delays and uh, cancelled surgeries and cancelled treatments, you know, could have a massive impact on mortality over the next 15 years. And you don't want to be part of that statistic. No, absolutely not. And it is very trying times for cancer patients at the moment. And, you know, it's definitely impacting people's mental health because, um, um, you know, they are anxious and they're worried about going to hospital and they're worried about their treatments. And it is very, very scary. And they're worried even about having a COVID test now before you actually go in for any procedure. Mm -hmm. And I I had a COVID test myself and I have been in hospital during the pandemic. And um, it is scary, but I you know, really, when you go in there, you do feel safe and they are really trying their best, you know, to... Um, Under very difficult circumstances, everybody. absolutely, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, look, I, I wish you well. At what point are you, are you at now, Patricia? How are you feeling, by the way, now? I'm feeling good. I have lung fibrosis. But besides that, I'm good. And, you know, mm. just every day is, is a bonus, I think, you know, yeah. and... Um, and I know your daughter, by the way, Ema, as well. She was also diagnosed with melanoma as well. Yeah, yes, yes. And um, that, was, that, was, um, that was another sort of a blow. We kind of felt that we were over the hump and it was gone out the door with me. And to be honest, for that to come back in again, um, I think that was more um, devastating and how did than she, actually having How did Ema notice that, by the way? How old is Ema, sorry? Um, she is um, 25 now. And, and what was that, a mole that she noticed on her skin? Um, it was, yeah, it was just a little blemish on the side of her foot that um, it was there for a few months and we were kind of looking at it. And initially I thought it was just something from a strap of a sandal or whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, she was just kind of was changing colour and um, we went to the, to, the um, to a dermatologist and um, she had a look at it and referred her to the um, skin, skin clinic in the South Infirmary Hospital. 
and um, they actually um, did a biopsy on it, sent it away, and um, it was removed. And came, well, obviously, it came back um, as a melanoma. So, um, but look, it's all good. And yeah, you got it in the early stages, which is good. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but look, and, and again, that's a warning for everybody as well. Skin cancer oh, is, a, is a killer. Ignore nothing. Even yeah. the smallest little thing, you know, watch it if it's changing. And I think really the message is to, to know your body, which is sounds, you know, a bit, a bit flippant. See, this, this is what I, this, you know what I can't understand? If you're driving your car someday, right, and you hear a little bit of a noise from the engine, or you, you notice something on your steering. Oh, sure, you're getting a panic oh, attack. <laughs> oh, well, and you're straight into the garage to get it fixed. Absolutely. But if you absolutely. notice something about your own body, you tend to, ah, sure, it'll be grand, it'll go away. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, people are, are cleaning lawnmowers like babies. <laughs> I know. It's gas, isn't it? It is, it is indeed. Yeah. Listen, I, I wish you well, Patricia, and, and I wish you good health going forward in the future, and Thanks, I hope things brilliant. get better for you. I have a bucket list, but now at the top of my list is the COVID vaccine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it used to be um, addressed. When, when, um, when are you due to get that? by the way. I don't know really. Um, it, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but I would be high risk, so I'm hoping maybe around um, April or May. Oh, you well, know? maybe if Stephen Donnelly gets his act together, you'll get it quicker. Actually, look, it, we just hope for the best. And, yeah. You know, everyone's doing their best. You Absolutely. Know? Listen, thank you very much thank indeed. You, Thanks. To you. you too, Patricia. Bye-bye. All right, Bye-bye. there you go. Okay, a word of warning for everybody. I know at the moment things are being cancelled. I know at the moment it's hard to see a GP. But if you persist, you will get to see them. If you persist, you will get to see a specialist. And if you have something wrong with you, persist because you would. As I said, if it was your car and you noticed something, you know, a little sound. God, it's an unusual sound from the engine. You'd be straight to your main dealer if it was your new car and it was worth 20 or 30 grand, wouldn't you? So why not your body? Your body is worth a lot more than that. So if you do notice something a little bit dodgy, you know, a little clicking or a sound or an ache or a pain that you've never got before and it's not going away. I don't mean you just got a bit of wind or something like that, but it's not going away. Go to your doctor and talk to your doctor about it. Don't ignore it because you don't want to be in a situation where you're told at some point that you have cancer and it's gone too far because you ignored it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.